0: No, no punter on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dreadful, dumb and dumber. I'd call. It. Welcome back, welcome back. It's been a fortnight since we last spoke to you, a brief hiatus during the Christiv festivities, but we're back, episode 78 of the 40 Yard Switch. Uh, Alongside me tonight, not Wilby, uh, he's still on his uh, trip overseas uh, in England, seeing family and friends, going to an Everton game as well, Um, we'll hopefully have some pics of that on the Instagram soon. Uh, But... Filling in for him today, uh, the ever-dependable, uh, many, many times appeared on the show, Max Rezik. Welcome back, mate.
1: Thanks, Jasper. I've been here practically all day, so it only makes sense to participate in the podcast. You've come and gone. <laughs> I feel like it's been at least four hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he, uh, he, he was here today, he left, he came back, and we're here to uh, discuss um, the World Cup final, which is, is has been a bit of t- time that's gone on past and since it happened but you know we haven't discussed it on the show yet so it's worth talking about and then the return of the premier league but first and foremost we'll talk we'll talk about the world cup um well, the world cup final uh and then the world cup in, in a broadest in a broader sense uh, so yeah the final i'd say in terms of all that action definitely the best final i've had since i've been alive in terms of like The thrill. I still think Spain winning against the Netherlands in that last gasp, Iniesta winner, is better. Or Goethe against Argentina in 2014.
1: So why is that though? Why do you think that? Just because those
0: games were like deadlocked for so long, like back and forth, and then like just one sheer moment. And also I don't like games that go, I don't like cups that are decided on penalties for me personally.
1: Mm. Because it kind of felt like a bit more of the arcade football, which is probably why it got so much attention, right? Like not only the Messi, not only Argentina, Argentina only losing one game to Saudi Arabia in like forty something. But I felt like the fact that the score was so high, the way that it happened, the comeback, the penalties, Messi winning, like the attention as a result of all those facts meant it was considered the best game of all time.
0: Yeah. I mean also six goals and yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: All that. Like I don't think you'd find many people like I think ten percent of soccer fans would say any other of the recent World Cup finals were better, but I think you make a very good point. I think it it's depends on the it depends on the supporter yeah. and the fan. Like, what do you value? And I think the majority of people would say the multiple goals, the penalties. Yeah, that all. It's adds a good advert intensity. for football for sure. Yeah, exactly. But for me
0: personally, I would take a closely fought game decided by a last gasp winner, out and no penalties over a six goal game. And that was still a closely fought game and a, and, and a last gasp equaliser. But also, it was a game that consisted of three penalties in regular time and then a penalty shootout.
1: I think the difference, too, is going back to those other World Cups you referenced, like, I remember the Iniesta goal. I remember the Gotse goal coming on as a substitute. Whereas, like, I can only remember maybe two... I think three of the six goals I can remember.
0: I can remember... Or maybe two. I can remember all of them, but the only ones that stick out in my mind... Because you have uh, three
1: penalties, right?
0: Yeah, Messi and then two from Mbappe. The only ones that stick out of my mind is the Mbappe volley, yeah. and the the second goal Argentina score. Where like, I can remember like the second one, the one the second Messi goal where he like bundles it in after whatever. But like, the, the second Argentina goal was a really nicely worked move, and then obviously the killing Mbappe volley was just sensational. But like, like you said, the the rest of the goals were, penalties or you know a bundled over the line sort of goal mouth scramble. So it's not as memorable for me.
1: I think the other way is also that it's very close to a perfect ending to what was a near perfect World Cup. Yeah. And like other than the obvious human rights abuses associated with the preparation for the World Cup. And I think the fact that the World Cup in Qatar shun a spotlight on the Middle East overall. You know, we had a very family friendly World Cup where there was no alcohol. There was heaps of free entertainment that Qatar put on. Uh, there was free food even outside the stadiums. There were free tours. I don't think much of this, or I've never heard of this before in other World Cups. You had great security. You had great stadiums. And to top it off, you had some incredible games that brought everyone together. Yeah.
0: I think from a from a footballing and a, I guess, a family first mindset. So, for, for, I, okay, for, I, outside of the stadiums aside, like I'll talk, I'll get into that in a second, but from a football standpoint, a purely football standpoint, mm. it was a great World Cup. The spectacle was good. It took, a, like the group stage was a little bit boring until the final, final uh, match day. Mm. But it, the knockout rounds was amazing. Lots of upsets, lots of goals, lots of drama, lots of intrigue. And also the narrative with Messi winning finally. Um, Huge. Very fitting. Um, so yeah, f- from a footballing standpoint, it's, definitely better than Russia and as good as some of the greatest World Cups in my lifetime I um, South Africa um, uh, 2006 Germany like those ones stick out, stick out in my mind
1: I think the only way that the World Cup would have been better if like there was a Croatia in the final but then if there, you know, what I mean is like a team that wasn't a yeah. top three because then you go like there's such an underdog but then at the same time we want to see the best product of football yeah, and on like, the biggest stage and
0: Mape versus Messi changing, potential changing of the guard thing was the narrative that people wanted huge, to see huge one thing I will say though like about like the other stuff you touched on which is like you know the family very family friendly no alcohol all that stuff that's great for a certain aspect of fan but then like pe- drunk football like a lot of football fans the majority of football fans got that go to world cups aren't kids and aren't families like there's it's a it's a lot of people who are adults who like to who are very passionate and like to drink and be merry and like that's not saying that like you know you have to be drink to be merry but like it's like um all that alcohol intrinsically should be a part it of our culture but i, I just I, I i think it's to to deny that and yes obviously you got to respect every every country's cultures and laws but to like and. To deny that, and also to deny that in the way that they denied it, where they said they where they said they were going to do it for six for six months leading up to the World Cup, and then two days before, a week before, once everyone's already booked their accommodation, they say no, we're not going to do it.
1: And then on top is, of that, is shady. Yeah, and on top of that, allowing many of the boxes and the executive booths to still have alcohol. Yeah, to me is a bit of a contradiction. Absolutely. How can you not allow the general fans who have travelled from all around the world to not have alcohol, but at the same time you've blocked, you know thousands of dollars of champagne bottles sitting for the executives who fly in on their jets. Exactly. That's the contradiction that I think no one can argue. Yeah.
0: And I think, yeah, so I, again, from, from a purely footballing standpoint um, and maybe from, you know, a certain point of view outside of football, it's uh, the World Cup was appealing. But then I also feel like from, from the alcohol thing there's a, flip, there's a flip side of view and of course I'm not going to get into it because it's not really a debate for a podcast such as ours but... The the countless human rights atrocities uh, leading up to the World Cup, the Qatari stance on um, homosexuality, uh, all of that um, was 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 it was and is a negative a negative light that has been shone not just on Qatar but on FIFA as a governing body, and I hope that the one I, and I assume U.S. Canada Mexico will be better, but um, in that regard. But then again, you never know. Um, especially with how America has been. Uh, I mean, who knows? Next yeah.
1: world come Trump's president, <laughs> <Yeah>. civil war. <laughs>
0: but anyway, we digress. Um, if, if if you had to pick out aside from the aside from the the, the final, a moment that really a footballing moment that really stood out to you from that World Cup, what would you say it would be?
1: Look, this is obviously biased, but I think for me. I didn't see this last time when croatia did so well getting to the semi to the final and Mm. losing to france but the sheer level of world appreciation for what modric did and then seeing some of the comparisons that pretty big pundits were throwing out there like what modric has achieved for croatia is better than any spaniard or uh or the other country german has achieved winning a world cup in the last you know decade or so mm. um really stood out to me and it's sort of a testament to how not unrecognized Modric is, but I think even on the world stage he's not considered in that discussion. Even though he's won a Ballon d'Or. And I think really Croatia doing this back to back, a semi-final and a runner up, is absolutely
0: incredible. Oh without a doubt, yeah. It
1: is incredible. And like there's always the story about you know a team like Morocco and last World Cup that was Croatia, obviously. But I still think the only reason the Croatia didn't even get more hype is because they did such an incredible job last time. Yeah, the
0: standards have been raised for Croatia. The
1: standard has been raised, but you know, I remember when we did our preview podcast, I was like, if we get out of the group stages and lose in the sixteen, I'm content because yeah. I didn't think this and you was did, anywhere you, you near. You on did paper. pick
0: Croatia as a dark horse, yeah, I did, and they lived up to that. Uh, for for me, I could I could go easy and pick Morocco as like the story, um, but for me the like the this the, the, like the moment of the world cup from oh not no not the moment but like a, a, a moment that i feel like was ground shattering which which didn't end up happening which ended up being a, a moment of really no consequence was when saudi arabia beat argentina huge that is no not only just big for the saudi arabia but i feel like that's just big for middle eastern football in general i mean obviously qatar is the world cup is huge for middle eastern football but Qatar, the country themselves, were bounced out in rather, you know, undignified fashion. Unexpected like, fashion. Yeah, they, they, they. Everyone thought they would be shit, and they were. Whereas Saudi Arabia put up a good fight in mo, in almost in almost all of their games, and beat Argentina, and like that is huge. Two of the, well, at least one of the
1: best goals of the tournament in that game too from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that was a, a huge moment. And, you know, going back to what you said, an easy moment surely one of the easiest moments is like Messi putting his hand on the cup afterwards oh yeah you know that kind of stuff because as a football fan well, he, Messi's, Messi, have you seen the thing about
0: how Messi's uh, photo with the World Cup on Instagram is now the most liked photo of all time on Instagram? that's
1: that's awesome yeah. I didn't know that um, because as a you know th- it's all about storylines whatever sport you know MVP in the NBA is all about storylines even if you don't have the best stats yeah it's and narrative it flows it's in narrative sports. and I think us our generation seeing one arguably if not not arguably now the best player of all time. Which finally, is thing we're going to touch on. Yeah, in a yeah, yeah. Finally, the accolade, getting the accolade that makes him, in many discussions and ways, undisputable. Yeah,
0: it's the accolade that everyone searches for. Like yeah. every player wants to win it.
1: And there's a part of me, and you know, I was going to get to this discussion a bit more when we talk about Man City and Haaland, but like these players, like Mbappe and Haaland, are to me potentially going to be better than Ronaldo and Messi in 10 years time like when they look back you know Mbappe's is what 22, 23 he's already won a World Cup he's going to a runner up he's going to have a chance to win it every 4 years and if he ends up winning 3 in his career and getting top goal scorer in a couple champions leagues and his goal is better than all these other strikers that have come before him like, there's going to be an argument, but I find it funny. Without a doubt, the, yeah. There's the Messi-Ronaldo argument. They both played similar types of styles, like on the wings, attacking, scoring goals, but they weren't, like, up front for most of their career. Oh, mm. uh, I feel like Ronaldo. Was there was really a time
0: when they both played on the wing, but, like, th- like, as they got older, Messi dropped more into attacking midfield and Ronaldo dropped more into, moved more into striker. But Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And then going forward, we've got Haaland and Mbappe who were up front guys. And I just don't know... I'm hoping they get the recognition they deserve. In I, think I think they will. I think they already are. Ever. They
0: already are being touted. Like look, the records they're breaking. I think they're already being touted as like the next Messi, Ronaldo. Which is interesting, though. It, 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 yeah, like, and I'm not going to draw on this for too long. We're talking the edge, but I, I feel like this comparison is a little bit different just because Hahn is like that out and out number nine striker. Like he's yeah. clearly defined what he is. You wouldn't expect him to play anywhere else in the pitch. Whereas Mbappe can play up to, has can play a little bit up top. Can but mostly does operate off the left wing. Could probably pair off the right wing if he wanted to. Speed is untouchable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do I do think they will they they they, they will have their time over the next 10 15 years to shine and prove their and prove their worth but like it's just impossible to say whether or not they'll achieve the highs
1: and maybe it's another, there's another element to this where with players like Messi and Ronaldo because they weren't just upfront strikers kicking the ball and mm. you know they had incredible skill they had tricks they had passing ability they had scoring they had passing all these things that made them such complete players whereas Haaland and Mbappe are just scoring at such an outrageous rate that they you know, they have their one purpose on the field and mm. they achieve it to an incredible level. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we don't go, Oh, look at the skill of Haaland, you know, with his I stepovers mean, he, or Yeah, you know.
0: he has he shows skill in other ways, but yeah.
1: Exactly. Other ways, but will that what I'm getting at is will that be appreciated the same way yeah. for a holistic player as Messi and Ronaldo are? Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know. And like also I'm yet to see from Mbappe. Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't, but like, I feel like I would have seen it by now. You know those crazy solo goals that Messi scored? Mm. Or like, that crazy solo goal that Ronaldo scores against Galatasaray in the Champions yeah. League? I'm yet to see that type of play from those players. And like those three Agreed. or four or five solo goals that Messi... Especially the, like the very famous one he scores against the green team. It's a very pixel grainy video back when he's like... 19, 21 maybe. or 19. Yeah. That type of shit is like the Maradona type of stuff. Like that's like... The, it's like when you are just like no one can touch this guy, and it, it remains to be seen. There's like there's, there's every chance Mbappe can probably do that against someone.
1: And there's a the question of does he need to do it when he's got the team around him, has such a defined role, and is so incredibly elite at that mm. one particular. And stage? also,
0: I think a lot of people in the in in, in in the grand scheme of things, in international football aside, and this is the last thing I will say on it before we move on, uh, I agree that Mbappe needs to leave the French league if he's going re- to confirm his legacy because like. By no fault of their own, the French league isn't at the level. Like, if, for example, Alex it takes weeks off. Alex Lacazette is is tied third in the goals scoring chart in the French league right now with ten goals, along with Arsenal, Loney, Foller and Balogun, who's also ten goals, Kill and me. then Mbappe and Neymar on eleven and thirteen. It's just like, and. They both couldn't get in the Arsenal team and both couldn't score a goal in the Premier League and they're scoring for fun. So it's there's, a, there's so a clear great, gap there.
1: This is why it's so great that Haaland obviously came to Man City and is proving that he is as well-classed as we all saw him at Dortmund. Whereas when there was that opportunity, what was it a year ago that Mbappe signed, re-signed with PSG for that outrageous? He could have gone to Real Madrid. He should have gone to Real Madrid. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you're that player, I get it, he's young, he's French, he wants to stay at home, he's got the entire team he on He also wants the power
0: that they gave him. Yeah, well. all of that.
1: But it's also hard, right? When we talk about like this power and you know, when I think of this idea of player empowerment and a player controlling a team, I think of LeBron who's like got his tentacles in everything. But Mbappe's bloody twenty three years old. But Mbappe's
0: right? also got it written into his contract. Mm-hmm. LeBron might have his tentacles and everything, but I don't think it's explicitly written in his contract that he gets to make executive decisions about who the coach is, who the
1: And that's I'm sure that part you know, that would have obviously crossed Mbappe's mind when he made that decision. I think from a competitive standpoint that's disappointing because you have the potential if you go to Real Madrid and do this to become the best ever but mm. there's always going to be a cloud over your head by being a PSG. And
0: I still think he will I think he will realise he needs to leave and, and leave because he's still yet to go into his prime so he's got time. But anyway um, moving on to uh, just before we leave the World Cup just, what we just, just wanted to Bask or gloat for a second me and Rezic in our Premier, in our World Cup predictions before the World Cup uh, both said Argentina would win and both said Messi would win player of the tournament Woo! and he did what uh, did we say about goal scorer uh, I said it would be Neymar um, I either
1: said Mbappe or Benzema
0: you, or you said Benzema and then, and then when, uh, when, when you yeah. got injured I asked you and you said Mbappe so, hey I got two and you said Croatia was a dark horse hey much um, better than last year last I, I, I said Denmark so I didn't get that one right um and I, I, Julian Alvarez was on, was on my short list, and, but Enzo Fernandez was not, um, so young player didn't get right. But yeah, not too bad, predictions-wise. Um, speaking of World Cup and one player that has won three World Cups, uh, I just want to quickly touch on the fact that today, as the day of recording, uh, legendary footballer um, Pele has passed away. Uh, never watched him, obviously, before my time, but... The aura surrounding him uh, is known to many, known to almost any that um, know football, and and, know, and known to many who don't know football. The name is synonymous with the sport, um, and yeah, uh, like for a lot of for a lot of quote unquote old heads, he is the goat. Um, uh, I mean, it's from what I hear, it's just sad that he never tried his cra- tried his craft in Europe. He only ever played in Brazil. Is which, that right? That's yeah, um, which is interesting. I don't know why. I don't know what the reason for that is, but. Um, maybe that's why some um, he's not considered the goat because he never. T- but uh, anyway, I've seen highlight montages of him. He looks like he took the piece against anyone he played against. He won three World Cups for Brazil, so clearly he could do it against the best. Um, rest in peace.
1: Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching his top ten highlights now, and Pele top ten impossible goals, and the first one's literally just a of... <laughs> no offense.
0: Um, but anyway, um. Moving on to the return of the best league in the world, the Premier League. Uh, it was gone for a month or so, but it's back now. And uh, picking up re- pretty much where it left off. Um, wins uh, Newcastle are flying with uh, uh, Miguel Almiron scores his eighth of row as Newcastle win 3-0. And for a moment, jumped into second place before Man City came roaring back and won 3-1 against Leeds to go uh, second. Arsenal, after a shaky first half come back come roaring back to re, uh, to push their gap out at the top to five points uh still first in the league united and chelsea win liverpool win um so and uh i think brighton win as well so uh all the teams they killed
1: they killed like it was the i think they won two or three nil. No.
0: Yeah, I remember who they played they against.
1: Had, isn't that the game that there were two red cards? Southampton. Team?
0: No, that was Crystal Palace. Fulham. Oh, uh, yeah, that was. One. But um, I think they beat Southampton. If I'm not, uh, if I'm not I'll mistaken. Check just quickly. Actually, I can check right now. Um, yeah, they did. They beat Southampton three-one. Um, and Everton, uh, the Everton game that Wilbur went to, that um, I'm sure we'll hear about at some point. Um, yeah, they lost two-one to Wolves. I'm uh, um, hopefully he gets to see a win when he goes to. Uh, see Everton play against yeah, Man City, Man City at the Eddie Head in Manchester. Not sure <laughs> about that luck, one. Uh, and uh, Spurs came from 2-0 down to beat uh, to draw with Brentford 2 all. That's points dropped, though, in my book. So um, we'll start with our boys, Arsenal. Um, bit of a shaky first half, uh, but then champagne poetry in the second half, as Drizzy would say.
1: Agreed. Look, Eddie looking like prime Henri. Uh, with oh, that man, golf. he was phenomenal. And uh, the thing I about someone it. like Eddie is he signed a massive contract. He took number 14. And we've just been waiting, one, for him to get the opportunity. But I really feel like it's so hard in any sport where you're playing 15 minutes a match, coming on at the 70th minute, trying to prove yourself earning 100,000 quid a week. Like, it's a really difficult role. So when when Gabrielle went down, I was really excited for for Eddie, because I go, this is your opportunity now. You've got no Me excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be playing 90 minutes if you perform. Show that you're worth it. Mm-hmm. Not only for where your place is in the Arsenal team, but for your career. Like, if you don't succeed here, it is only on you. It is no one else's fault now. And he killed it. And I thought his goal was bloody impressive. Uh, and it was a really important game for us because again, we still have a lot of doubters out there. And despite the fact we've played 15, 113. One draw, one loss. Like, that is incredible for Arsenal. It's our best start in history, I think. Yeah, I, heard I think say.
0: so. I think it's the, it's the, it's the quickest, quickest we've got to 40 points ever.
1: So I think for us, it was a very important game to come back after this break. Had a lot of players, obviously, in the World Cup. And to come out there and show them that we're still here, we're still going, we are won four out of our last five. Um, I think we drew one in the last five. So I thought it was a great result. And, you know, players like Saka, Martinelli, and Eddie scoring, like, what else could you want?
0: Yeah, when the front three score, it's, you know it's a good game for sure
1: Uh,
0: as I'm yawning Um, yeah no I thought again um, first half definitely looked like cobwebs but then Mikel obviously rallied the boys at half time and yeah just really really impressive stuff from then on out Um, Odegaard a man of the match performance and deservedly so I thought he was brilliant Ben White is like a dark horse for player of the season I honestly think he's our most underrated player he has been incredible at right back um and yeah, like stopping someone like Tommy Asu getting in the team is super impressive. But just his flexibility to step into right back and play it as well as he played at centre back last year, if not better, um, it's been phenomenal. Uh, the midfield duo of Partey and Chaka is arguably the best best midfield pairing in the in the league. Do we have season. an update
1: on Partey and the whole criminal case?
0: No, nah. it's, it's been no, a while. No update so far. So yeah, Still that, that, that 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 remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's the. Um, yeah, that's, they've been the best, one of the best midfield jewelers in the league, if not the with the best midfield jewel. In the I'd argue in that season. they
1: haven't been where we are on the table.
0: You'd argue that we ha- they have been? I yeah, so. no, I would say so. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, long may I continue. Um, and yeah, Eddie um, stepped up with that goal, but actually uh, he's 11 goals in the last in his last 11 starts. Not, game, come, not games where really he's come great. off the bench, but like, and that's mm-hmm. 11 goals from 16 shots on target, so it's a good efficiency rate.
1: And the next honoree.
0: We're in the 14 proudly. Uh, Next, I want to talk about Spurs. Um, (laughs) They drew two all against Brentford. Good comeback. And A good comeback, but man, they're doing this so often this season where they just put themselves in hellish positions and then somehow scrape a draw or a win from it. It's not sustainable. Um, And I don't think they're playing that amazing football under Conte.
1: It doesn't look nice. And... And I like just imagine What Brentford. will happen
0: to them If Kane goes down They will be screwed
1: the, the banter with the Brentford fans And Harry Kane Was pretty funny They were shitting on him Quite a bit Yeah and Ivan Tony like, would have scored that Yeah <laughs> Ivan Tony would have scored that and I'm like Harry Kane like, comes across As like the nicest guy Wouldn't hurt a fly And I'm like I don't know if he deserves This much flack But at the same time It's part of the sport you got oh, yeah. to learn To fight through it It's again. definitely part of the sport I thought it was interesting That a number of key players For Tottenham Who played in the World Cup Didn't play like Lloris mean, um, it was, like, rest-related. But then someone like Ivan Perisic, who's 45, played a full 90 minutes. It's yeah, like, I mean, Loris was
0: on the bench. I think he definitely could have played. Like, because William Saliba came back and, I mean, to fair, he didn't play. But, like, Mbappe came back to training, like, 48 yeah, exactly. hours after losing. So, like, I mean, Loris can rest if he wants yeah, Tottenham's to. Tottenham's
1: just a team that they seem to go... They go through such ebbs and flows where they win three games, 5-1, and Son scores two and Harry scores two and you go... And these guys might you know come up to top three and then be a contender and then they have games like this where you go what's going on and you know as Arsenal fans we went through this for bloody four or five years we just didn't have wins as good as some of the top yeah. wins in recent history but it's an emotional roller coaster for these guys yeah I don't like it and I don't know why like, yeah I don't get it uh, it really seems like it comes down to chemistry I honestly
0: don't think their team is that good, that good on paper like like, I, like sorry their team's all right on paper but, and like the coach Conte He's obviously a good coach, but like I just don't think that I just don't think it's it's as good as everyone thought it was going to be, and it's heavily reliant on Christian Romero at the back and Harry Kane and Son.
1: and Royale.
0: <laughs> Emerson Royal's rubbish. He's so bad.
1: I still think one of my favourite news stories in recent memory with football is the fact that it came out that he hired like some specialist soccer trainers to train him independently from Tottenham yeah. to like get better. And yeah. I was like,
0: he's rubbish. Yeah.
1: How, <laughs> how could you be earning like a hundred thousand pounds a week, be surrounded by like the best soccer teachers and coaches in the world at Tottenham and still need like independent training. It's like going to Kumon. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes no sense. Yeah.
0: It's a ludicrous story. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think like eventually Tottenham is staying, I think just about, I think they're, they're fourth currently but like it's still not bad right like, like they're not bad but I just I just think their luck has to run out at some point like I call me cynical call me an Arsenal fan yeah sure but like Liverpool are getting better they've just signed someone who we'll touch on in a second they seem that their early season seem to be figuring themselves out United also seem to be figuring good. themselves out as the season goes on Chelsea I don't know I don't know really you know where they stand um, especially James. with an injury now to Reese James but they won on the weekend too so you can't count them out um, so yeah I just I, I, of all the teams that I would picture to, to drop out of the top four right now easily it's Tottenham
1: look it was a great overall week for the English powerhouse clubs other than Spurs but they're not a powerhouse club but other than that it was a great yeah. week back for most of those top ten. Oh, yeah. Chelsea's
0: winning 2-0 two, at Bournemouth. Not much to say there, from the fact that Reese James got injured again.
1: How bad? Like, what happened?
0: Uh, all, all I know is a knee injury, and he's out for at least a month. Oh. But it's just like, he, this guy can't play more than five games in a row. Like, literally. He just he just came back from an injury that sidelined him for the entirety of the World Cup. Or not... No, he, he like, sidelined him from getting picked for the World Cup, which he made a song and dance about um, on social media, or like chucking subliminals at Gareth Southgate and others about not getting picked. Uh, And then he can't. uh, Assumingly, he plays a couple friendlies in in, during the World Cup. He comes back and he gets injured. Like, I I know he doesn't mean to get injured, but like, it's just, ah, man. I feel for him. It it must be frustrating. But like, as the old saying goes, availability is the best ability, and he doesn't have it right now. he's he's got to be officially tagged as injury prone now. Like, there's no two ways about it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Should we go on to Newcastle, Leicester quickly?
0: Yeah, so. Blue Blue Leicester out of the water Yeah I love Newcastle They're looking so red hot
1: right now I honestly think Almiron Like if there was a most improved player in the EPL Oh without a doubt Has there Can you remember a player Who has improved this much so quickly From like being a bit of a laughing stock last season And everyone gave him a lot of shit To he's like scoring every week
0: (sighs) I I I mean probably if I had to think about it But like right now In recent memory no not really yeah, it's he's, incredible. He's, he's like yeah. I don't know if he was like until the Greeley stroke was much of a laughing stock, but I just he was just a, 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 like a just a severely underwhelming player for the past two seasons. He showed flashes of good technical ability, but just would never deliver. Newcastle fans him and would like, go missing for yeah, large parts of they games. They weren't hot on him. Yeah, but it's just yeah, just just a testament to, and I'll say it again, Eddie yeah. Howe's management. Superstar turned Joe Linton around. He's now t- turned Almeron around. And he's just getting amazing results out of a Newcastle team that is nowhere near as good as any of the teams around it on paper.
1: And it's kind of one of those things where they've used their money the correct way to sort of build it a little more organically, yeah. i.e. not sign your £100 million player. Yeah, they've signed good players sign. for, for
0: decent money. Like yeah. they've signed uh, Bruno Guimaraes. they've signed... But
1: the reason why it's a little more organic, or let's call it sustainable, is that they didn't use the amount of funds you'd expect them to use, i.e west ham or aston villa could have made very similar signings and i don't think they'd be performing the same
0: way yeah no and i, I just think and like me and we called it like when that when eddie howe signed for newcastle we were just like this guy did um like astronomically well with the bournemouth team he had mm. for five seasons until eventually eventually literally squeezed every last piece of juice out of it and with this newcastle team if he's backed we'll do amazing things and i didn't think it was going to happen this quickly but it is, and they very they may very well fall off at some point, like during this season. But at the moment, it doesn't look like it. And at the moment, them as much as Man City, I am as as scared to play them as I am to play a Man as I am to play Huge. Man City. Like I don't know if I go that. I would way. I will back us against. I I would confidently back us to 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 beat anyone else in the league this season because we've done it we've done it to Liverpool yes we lost to United but I'll still back us to beat them I'll still back us to beat them at, at home I'd back us to beat Chelsea I'd back us to beat Brighton I'd back us to beat Spurs but Newcastle and City are the two teams where I'm legitimately worried about playing
1: I, I'll watch the game obviously um, we should watch it together if we're playing Newcastle oh for sure do you know when we're playing them I'm just looking at the schedule
0: um, no but we can look at the fixture right now on.
1: oh shit we're playing them on the 4th of Jan oh there we go yeah, good that's, match. I think it's at Emirates, too.
0: Wait, fourth? Oh, that's like three days after our Brighton game. Oh, God. Yeah, Emirates. Okay. Arsenal's <laughs>
1: win probability, 52%, draw 25%. Newcastle win 23%. Interesting.
0: I mean, we are first. They kind of have to do, do that. And but...
1: Newcastle's the only team that have won all of their last five games.
0: Yeah. Newcastle and City, I think, are the only team that teams that we have to play twice in the back half of the season, So, which is worrying. Um,
1: I only had one more note on Man City Leeds and that was the only other game we covered yeah which was I thought it was pretty funny um, Jack Crickley getting absolutely mined at every away stadium yeah
0: and 12 man tweets roasting him in the first half and then then 12 man tweets praising him after this it's a lot and it's
1: kind of funny like no offence it comes with the job like you gotta suck it up you gotta play through it no big time Um, and I think he's doing fine I don't think he's playing as poorly as the criticism and absolute hate he's getting.
0: No, I don't think so either. I think he. I think he, like yeah. He he he's an a hundred. He's a he's an hundred million. Uh, cog in the machine, like all City's players, mm. bar De Bruyne and Haaland are just essentially just cogs in the machine, and like so they happen to pay a hundred million dollars for this one. He's still a, he's still a good player that does his job in that City team.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And like, if he wasn't a hundred million dollars in the Man City team, he would have been hundred million dollars in the Man United team. Probably. So that's the thing. I'm like, what do you want him to do? Like, I think he would have.
0: I think he would have shone more in the United team just because, oh, yeah. just because of the style they play. Is, sure, lot, is a lot sure. similar to the way Aston Villa played. Yeah. Um, he benefits from counter attacking teams that where he's allowed to dribble with, with the ball. Where City, he's a lot more of a stand pass, stand pass, lots of movement off the ball. But um, but yeah, no, I think, I think he'll be fine. he he'll, he'll be fine. City will keep winning. Um. And who knows? Probably. The, uh, no, I'm not gonna. I was about to say they'll probably win the league this year as well. But fuck it, I'm, I'm all aboard no, the hype train. Not yet. It's 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 us until it isn't. Not yet. Um. All right. So should do before we move on. Do we want to do transfers first or uh, look ahead to the next round of games starting? Uh, t-
1: let's do next. Let's just go next
0: round. All right. So we've got a couple of big games. We've got. Um. Arsenal... No, sorry. we're Arsenal versus Brighton. That's like a big issue because Brighton's a decent team and it's our team. We've got Man City, Everton. Um, and then...
1: I actually don't think there's that many big games.
0: There's actually not that many big games. All right. Well, let's just... Um,
1: like, I think there's a clear winner in every game.
0: All right. Well, no, let's just do... Let's just do the, the big ones then. Uh, let's just do Man City, Everton and Brighton, Arsenal. Uh, well not, Man City Everton's got a foregone conclusion actually what
1: do you think the win probability of Man City is uh, like
0: 92% Ooh, 88 not Oof. bad
1: Everton's got
0: 3% yeah uh, I mean yeah I can see this being like a 3-0 I was going to say 3-0 three nil. Three nil, <laughs> yeah. I'll go 3-1 go on Everton score a goal there uh, and then Arsenal-Brighton this is a tough game Roberto Dezerbi after a little bit of stuttering at the start of his 10 years uh, got Brighton playing good stuff again um,
1: at Farmer Stadium too Palmer
0: yeah, you mean the Amex?
1: It's got farmer here. Farmer is the it. location. Farmer Stadium. No, oh, farmer Google, is Google's. letting me down. No, no it's I the, should say the it's American the Amex Express Stadium in Farmer Community
0: Stadium. Huh?
1: It's the Amex Community Stadium. Amex
0: Community Stadium. I do um, love their stadium. Farmer, I'm assuming is some part of some area in Brighton or the Brighton Shire. Um, I like. This would be a tough game, but if 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 we're as good as everyone. As 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 me and you think we are, uh, I should. I reckon we win this game two nil, maybe two one.
1: I think we should. Ah, uh, look, coming off this victory, we look damn good against West Ham, and knowing that we turned it on the way we needed to when it mattered, I think we could come out. Uh, I'm gonna go two one. Two one as well. Yeah, two one. If not one 0 at Arsenal, it could be a slow game.
0: Yeah, Brighton do defend pretty well. Um, yeah. I'll go, I mean, yeah, I'll just agree and say two one. Alright, um, and then, yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty of action in the other games, but not really. Can't it's not a very really, exciting one. Can't be really what they're talking about. Um, lastly, before we sign off, I've uh, got some transfers. The January transfer window is right around the corner. Uh, I don't know, quite know how some transfers have been concluded already before the window opened, but somehow Liverpool have already snagged the signing of Cody Gakpo. Uh, he's already posed for photos uh, at the Liverpool training ground. Um, maybe the only thing that he's not able to do until the window opens is sign the contract, but uh, the agreement's there, the photos are there. He is a red. Um, I mean, outside of the two legs he played against uh, Arsenal in the, in the Europa League and his games in the World Cup, I've not really seen him play. But his numbers in the in the Vise are good, uh, and the games in which I saw him play, he looked very good. Um... And yeah, like they've got a couple injuries to their to their attackers at the moment, and Diaz is out, Jota's out, Mm. so I'm sure he'll slot right in and be very effective.
1: So he was the top scorer in the Dutch league this season for PSV, who are currently third at the moment. He scored three goals at the World Cup. Like clearly, they felt the need to increase their striker capability, but I honestly think Liverpool's issue is their midfield aging. Like, yeah, I think uh, they're still.
0: I don't think this signing means they're not going for Jude Bellingham. Uh, in the summer window or our winter window but I just think right now with their injuries they wanted to bolster their attacking options he can also play attacking midfield Cody Gakpo I've seen him play that for PSV Uh, and also saw a video before the World Cup by Tifo detailing how he can play attacking mid Um, but it remains to be seen where Klopp will play him but yeah I just think it's just there was, a, there was a player available for a pretty cheap price that... It's cheap for what and, we thought he'd be. And it also takes it off a rival. That means United doesn't get him. So it's smart, I think, from Liverpool. If it, 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 but it's not smart if they sign him and they don't sign Jude that Jude's going to
1: cost so much. I
0: know, but like they still need to be... like Maybe they don't get him because they get beat out by someone else and it's too much money or whatever, but yeah. like, they still need to be heavily into the race for him. They Cause have
1: they, to be, because their fans would go absolutely batshit if they did yeah. Uh, I think he's a good player. I think it's actually... Yeah, for 44 million, I don't think it's very high risk. Considering his performance, like, historically under Klopp, Liverpool sign good players. Mm-hmm. Whether that's cheap young players who end up playing in the first 11, or players like Diaz, um, you know, who else? Jasper, the list really goes on for their higher Jota. end. Jota. like these players, all perform in that system. <clears throat> So, I do have faith that he's going to play well. It'll also be interesting to see how this influences uh, Roberto Firmino's contract renewal, which is done at the end of this season. Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Because he, he He did play up top for um, the Netherlands as well. Yeah, interesting. One yeah. I mean, to watch for sure. No, but... I look
1: forward to watching him because you think about it. like This team now, compared to where they were when they won the league two or three years ago now, um, it's got, a team. It's
0: a team in, in transition. Yeah, sure. yeah they
1: got Gakpo, they have got Diaz, they've got Nunez. Like they've got some huge stars that, if they perform, can maintain Liverpool's title chances. Yeah, they just need to
0: juice up the midfield a little bit. Yeah. Yeah,
1: the midfield's still looking a bit stale and old. Um, and in two or three years, the question is going to become: you know, you're going to lose Firmino, you're going to lose Salah. So these guys are either going to have to be superstars of the team, or these guys are going to be, you know, your Eddie and Kedia. Coming off the bench because you're going to need a superstar up front, something like that. Mm.
0: Um, but yeah, um, uh, it'd be interesting to see. I don't think he'll he can play until January, um, so he probably won't feature in Liverpool's first game. But um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how if he slots straight into the team while with while the players are injured, or if he takes a little time. But anyway, moving on to the only other piece of transfer news that I've really uh, heard of, which is the. Rumors surrounding—I uh, don't know if I'm pronouncing this right yeah, Mikhailo okay. Madrik, is what Madrik. I Madrik, yeah, let's go that. That's, yeah, that's Madrik, yeah. Um, Ukrainian winger for Shakhtar Donetsk, um, has had had an impressive Champions League campaign, and often, obviously is killing it in the Ukrainian league. Not that that's a mark of a good player. Um, I
1: didn't even know games were still going in the Ukrainian
0: league. Yeah, I think it came back. It came back. It was. It definitely took a hiatus, and then it came back. I think at some point. How, you know when you how s- long has the Russia conflict been going on for?
1: It started in 22. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. What's interesting is, you know when you search like most of the leagues around the world, on Google it comes up with like the league table and you can check all that stuff. Yeah. But the Ukrainian league, none of that's available. It just shows you websites. Oh. I so thought it was strange. Weird. Like every t- every league, like the Dutch league even, is just every, all the information's there on Google. That is weird. Hmm.
0: Anyway, um, apparently it's re- like the 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 chief guy who football operations guy at Shakhtar uh, came out and said, uh, they want a fee closer to the amount of Grealish or Anthony. Yeah, for him. And it's like, you're not going to get that Hard tactics, be, bro. Let's be realistic. You're not going to get that for a player who plays in the, uh, Ukrainian league. You're just not, even if he had a good champion, one good champions league campaign, he's not going to get that um and arsenal's first bid was 40 million with 10 million add-ons i think the next bid is is 45 million rumored to be 45 million with 15 million add-ons um i wouldn't want us to go too much higher than that to be honest uh but i do have the inclination that this will get done simply because yeah. i'm not sure if you've seen on social media and reddit and stuff he is Trying so hard to get. That signed was literally
1: actually. the only I was going to say. Like he's begging to get signed. <laughs> yeah. He reposted Eddie's goal against West Ham on yeah, his he's official like, Instagram. He's like, yeah. He's
0: like a like, video of him watching the game. He's like liking all of Fabrizio Romano's tweets linking us to him. I mean, shit. If
1: you're living in Ukraine and you know Arsenal wants you, and considering how well Arsenal's playing, I'd be begging to. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's
0: probably he's probably looking at Zinchenko, his teammate, and be like, fuck, that could be me. Yeah. Totally. Um, Where does
1: he fit in though? Where does um, he play? Is he starting? He's a left winger.
0: 11? So what he takes Gabrielle's point. No, it's just it's like it's just just like City do. It's strength in numbers. It's depth. It's not just depth. depth it's, it's, it's competition. It's competition. He's not. He's not being signed to be a backup. He's being signed to be competition.
1: Yeah, which is good. It's just like Tierney, right? Yeah. It's finally, what we've been like, crying out for for Martinelli's
0: competition on the, on the left wing is a Smith throw, and he's been injured for the past however long. And also, like, as good as I think a Smith throw is, it's like. He's a bit of an unknown now. He's been injured for so long.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Um, Good and Marcel has been
0: excelling. It's a cow. Um, so yeah, like, and also yeah, you've got Fabio Vieira, who was signed to be Saka's competition, he's or and Madrid. slash Odegaard's competition. You've also got uh, Marquinhos, who's a who's a future prospect to be Saka who, to play right wing um, where Saka plays. But yeah, I think Madrid, just 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 another. Piece to, to, to add to the, the, the quote-unquote war chest that is the developing product of Arsenal Football Club.
1: Even if he signs for the 45 plus 15 offer, which I don't think he will, I think mm. he'll have to go a little bit higher. You know that'll make him the most expensive transfer under Arteta and Edu? Yeah. Because White was 50. Pa- yeah, and Partey was 45, yeah. And Partey was 45. And Jesus was like 40, 45. mm so to think this guy from the Ukrainian league, considering where we are in the yeah. league based on these... But signings, I
0: think that's less about like him if being from the Ukrainian league, more just a testament to the astuteness and frugalness of Edu and Arteta's transfers.
1: But that, And that's what makes, as a relative unknown, like this isn't a player we watch at Real Madrid or something. Because of the way Arsenal has signed, because of the way that we are playing, because of our system, I have absolutely every confidence that oh, this yes, is going sorry. to be a signing worth it.
0: The only signings that, that um, only of like, you know fifteen to twenty plus million um, in the bag that have that that have been made that haven't that haven't been undisputed successes so far have been Zinchenko only because of his injuries but when he's played he's been phenomenal. It and exists. Vieira because he hasn't really played a lot yet. But when again when Vieira's played, he's looked very impressive. And they've shown enough spot. every other signing they've made has been incredible. Incredible. Gabriel, incredible. Uh, Gabriel White, Jesus Partey. incredible. Ben White, Partey, Odegaard like mental unbelievable mental. signings. Um Saliba actually no he was signed when Emery was he was still.
1: signed under Emery but he was brought back under yeah. Arteta um, I mean he was sent away under Arteta yeah. and then brought back
0: but yeah uh, I have full confidence and would be exciting I still think we're, we're light in midfield should uh, a party get sidelined through injury or or, Xhaka. or should party get sidelined through legality issues Legality, um, or if Xhaka goes down um, so yeah I think Sambi the Conger is good but he's and Nenny is a good backup but like rotational pieces that like, if we need, if if, party's out for indefinitely, or just a long time, um, we need another defensive midfielder who can lock that down. It's but our but, weakest spot. But yeah, weakest depth. I saw someone make a good point though on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or something. It's like, it's a hard spot to be in as Arsenal Football Club because it's like you want to sign a really good defensive midfielder to to back up and potentially he could be a competition for Thomas Party. But when you in contract talks on negotiations with the players camp you'd be like you're really good we want you at you know, a club we're successful we're first in the league and he'd be like alright cool so I'm going to be playing and it's like well no Thomas Party's going to be playing and it's like well why would I come we am going to be on the bench all game
1: it's like on a, you know on FIFA when you're signing a player management manager yeah. mode it's like you have to decide what their role, what their role is yeah, yeah. it's like crucial first team player crucial <laughs> first team player key role player prospect <laughs> you try and always get them at the prospect level ah, you know, yeah.
0: I give them important first team player not crucial important that's <laughs> enough
1: if you you work up to it, yeah. yeah. No, but it looks good, and like again, he's got a lot of hype. I just find it a bit interesting that Arsenal, first in the league, willing to throw this much money at him. Considering our transfer history, mm. it seems like no other teams are really in the mix right now because mm. they think. Well, clearly he shows he's showing a more interest than I've ever seen a player show. He's interest just working place, yeah yeah he's begging on his knees to come to Arsenal um, um, so I
0: just remembered one other piece of transfer news actually you continue with your magic point Then I'll...
1: no that, that, that's essentially it I just find it fascinating that no one else seems to be in this race it's like yeah. Arsenal and just deciding on the amount
0: yeah it's weird for sure uh, the only other thing I've heard is apparently we're looking at potentially if, if, if the wage, wage and loan fee is within what we want potentially loaning Joao Felix for yeah. uh, six months just, just with Jesus' injury
1: well, the, I think it was also alone with the potential to brought by. But my question was, when I saw this, was why would they give him up? He's still like 23. He scored a goal for them I just don't think weekend. he's working
0: in Simeone's system. That's, that's, Where that's, they That's, in the table? that's How what are they I've going? They're top four, I'm pretty sure. They're always thereabouts in the Liga. Third.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and only 10 points behind after. Yeah. 15 games in, 10 points already behind Real Madrid. Yeah.
0: But, like, yeah, they're, they're not as good as they have been in previous years. But, um... And Joao, I think, just I just don't think, like, the defensive counter-attacking style that Joao Felix... Joao uh, Felix looks like a team that likes... The, it looks like he's a player that want, like would be good in possession football. Um, And so, yeah, man. And I do I think, I from watching him play in the Champions League and, and stuff, I do think he'd be very good in our team. But, yeah, I, again, I, I, with the options we already have, with Jesus eventually will come back in a month and a half or a month, and Eddie, and I want to see how well Eddie can play in this month-long period. Uh, I would want nothing more than a six-month loan, just in case, A, he doesn't perform, or B, we look like he's surplus to requirements.
1: And ath- I find Atletico Madrid quite a confusing team. And what I mean by that is, like, they're good. Hard to obviously break that top two of Barca and Real Madrid, but they have done in the past under a great system. But they also have players that, like, come and go. Mm. Who, was that, who was that winger that Arsenal was heavily Thomas Lamar. To? Yeah, Lamar. Like, he was honestly one of the worst players in La Liga the first, like, two Yeah, he had that
0: 29-game streak where he didn't have a single shot on target. Yeah,
1: and, and then he had a great season. I think it was last season or the season before. So they're very hidden miss. So if I'm Arsenal, I go, I've seen that with Lamar. Mm. He, we were heavily scouting him. He went for, like, £70 million in the end. Joao Felix probably got some unpacked, tap, untapped potential that I would want Giraffe to. Joao Felix
0: went for like $70 million to Atletico.
1: And he was he was at Porto or one of those teams, Benfica, I, think. Benfica, I believe, yeah. One of those, one of the Portuguese teams. But They'd they be more than happy to. I be mean, Atletico do
0: have a lot of good players. They've got, they've got Hradiol playing for them, so. Is that how you say it?
1: <coughs> Excuse me, who's that?
0: Hradiol? The Croatian centre-back? Who killed it at the World Cup?
1: No, he said RB Leipzig.
0: Oh. Yeah, he's
1: at Leipzig. They've got good, like, like, their team on paper is nowhere near able to contend with the other teams. Like, Griezmann, Felix, Correa, Alex Witzel, who, like, I thought is 35 plus now, Seoul. Um, Oblak, obviously, one of the best keepers in the world. Um, but they're not, like, you know, they lost 2-1 to Porto, like, a week before the Champions League. Yeah.
0: They're not a, they're not the team that they once were a couple of years ago. But, you, you know, like, but they, they, did, they season... did win the league three seasons ago, so... They
1: also get stale. Like, a lot of these teams, you know, we hate the top teams for not staying with managers for longer than they should, and therefore not allowing managers to reach their potential after even, say, a full season. Chelsea is a great team to, to point the finger at. And... But there's also the flip side of it where they stick with a manager and system for too long that it gets outdated. That when teams play them, they know the strategy, and it's easy to break down. I mean,
0: yeah, it is. But I wouldn't. I would never say they're an easy team to break down. Like, like Simeone's been at the helm for ten years now, and he's Crazy. consistently been top four, won the league twice, got to a Champions yeah, League final. Yeah, he got to a final. He, he got was. to a final. So like, until they drop off significantly, he'll be around. And like, they always. Yeah. Heat games pretty close they're never they're never thrashed by anyone but like I do agree that like it's just a bit boring now with them but anyway that's another topic for another day uh, I think that'll wrap us up uh, for this week. thank you again Resic for subbing in while Wilbur is uh, enjoying his travels and uh, yeah we'll see you next week um, Happy New year.